Welcome to the Advanced Analytics Basketball Podcast. My name is Guy Williams. Paul Williams is here briefly. JT is coming. This could be one of our best ever podcasts, which is not saying much. Paul, how are you going? It's been a really tough few years. <laughs> I'm sorry I asked, man. What's 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 been going on? Pandemic. Yeah, that that ha- yeah, that you got me there. That has been quite a major a major thing. Mm. Yeah. Well, I hope you um buck up because it's draft day tomorrow and the magic are picking first. Holy shit, it's exciting. It's the most it's wonderful time. time of the year. <laughs> it's time for advanced analytics. So, Paul, just before we get to the magic, which is the main thing I want to talk to you about, obviously the the biggest moment of your what, what was the, what would you say the biggest moment of your magic fandom has been so far? Uh I don't know. Two thousand and nine making the finals, pretty big. Yeah, that was Maybe big. That. Making the finals. Yeah, and that was quite exciting. Defeating LeBron, that was a big series. The Eastern Conference Finals. Mm. So is this up there in your Magic fandom, having the first pick? Um, not really. It's it's uh, it's a lot of pressure. It's kind of scary. Like I honestly was hoping they were going to get the number two pick. Because <laughs> that way, I don't know. Yeah, less yeah, yeah. yeah, well, chances are one, two, or three. They might all be trash. Like it's, it's, it's hard to know. I think where you fall over is the bar has been set so high by LeBron James and Hakeem Olajuwon and Anthony Davis, all the successful first picks. And Anthony Davis wasn't even good on the team that picked him. Um, you know, LeBron James moved teams to win a championship. Um, you know, like even if you do do a slam dunk, it's it's still such a difficult thing to pick that I, I feel like the first pick in the draft is very valuable, obviously, and every team if, wants it. If but we could a get a player overrated. who could who did a slam dunk, I would be very happy. Yeah. But what I love so much about this draft, and this is why I think you're a bit a bit screwed, is that the the probably the most obvious um number one pick is the big white guy, Chet Holmgreen. And Holmgreen, sorry. Holmgreen. And he's like a he, he he's like a a defensive lanky power forward which is like the magic's the only thing the magic have is defensive (laughs) lanky power forward so it's like you know like do you draft the best player or do you draft what the magic need it's kind of hard to know Mm. yeah it's that's the age-old question right best player available or or what you need so let Um, me put a gun to your head right now and say mm. you've got the pick the magic have called you up and gone tomorrow who are you gonna pick yeah it's it's really tough i kind of here's the thing i've crunched some of the numbers i've crunched the numbers of the top first 13 names i've seen and out out by quite a distance is chet and number one number two jabari smith number three actually keegan murray but i don't know if i fully believe that but, um, what, was his name? what was his name? Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray. Keegan, I'm looking forward to Ke- Ke- 
um, uh, Kegi Murray, yeah. Well, he's kind of expected to go probably fourth. Um, but here's the thing. It's so tough. For me, it's between Chet and Jabari, which is, isn't controversial, I don't think. Um, and even Paolo, initially I was like, he's not in the conversation. But the more I watched him and the more I, th- I thought he could be like a kind of point forward a la Giannis rather than... Um, rather than a traditional sort of power forward or whatever. Yeah. I was like, if he if he plays like a point guard, then I'd be keen, but I'm not sure if, if he will. But um, then the thing is, I'd probably go, I don't know, man. It's between Chet and Jabari. I'll say Jabari. So, so I'm going to be honest with you. I would say... And I'm so excited for JT to come into this pod at whatever point he does because he's going to come in like a dark horse and probably pick like Benedict Mathurian or some shit, whatever that guy's name is. Do, what, how do you say that guy's name? Do you even know how to say that? Uh, Mathurian or something? I don't know. Good Benedict to hear Mathurian. a guy with the name Benedict get into the draft. That's all I can say. But this is a real departure for you. And I think it's because you've been blinded. Because um, uh, the Magic have the first pick. And I've got to be honest with you, if I was using my head, which is something I should never use because it's a very stupid head, I would say Jabari Smith Jr. all day. However, Smith and Smith Jr. is not a good name on the back of a jersey. And this podcast now has somehow been going for four years. I don't know why, because it's definitely not by popular demand. Now... We pick in this podcast based on names. And mm. Jabari Smith Jr. has to be... And it's not a bad name. Jabari's got promise. Jabari's but Smith good. Jr. has got to be the most boring name on the on the board. And let's just go through some of these names. Because number one on a lot of people's boards and on the name board has to be Paolo Banchero. Like, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Chet Holmgren, pretty good. Jaden Ivey. Listen to that. Jaden Ivey. Dyson Daniels, Benedict Mathurin, Shaden Sharp, Shaden Sharp, Kiki Murray, <laughs> Jalen Duran. Like literally every player in the top 10 has nah, the most this, amazing okay. name. But I actually think there's some shockers after that. Mark Williams. <laughs> Jalen Williams. And the, MV, the MVP of the... 2028 NBA Mark Williams. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like um but but just after him on the um on the big board I'm looking at is Ty Ty Washington Jr., which is yeah, wow. all time legend. Well, what about Uzmain Dieng from the New Zealand Breakers? Oh my god. I I genuinely am excited for the the Breakers prospects. And it's such a shame they weren't playing in New Zealand. So we couldn't see those guys in the flesh, but um, the breakers are turning into being the new Kentucky. The amount of like NBA <laughs> talent they're producing is unbelievable. The um, I was trying to crunch the numbers today on on Uzmain Dieng, and yeah. um, but like they're not really. There's like the NBL stats don't include like the um, like box plus minus or um, defensive block plus box plus minus or strength of schedule just like you know some of the like more niche stats 
and um but then i did manage to read one article and it was like Hugo Besson, the other French guy from the Breakers, who I actually went the the, few, the couple of Breakers games I watched on TV, he was like awesome, and and I was like, man, that guy's a steal. But then um, this article I read pointed out that he had the worst um, box plus minus in the league in the whole NBL. Ugh. But the, well, I mean, you know, obvi- obviously they were play- they were playing on the worst team. They were the uh, two two teenagers playing. Well, yeah, almost teenagers. For in Besson's case, he's twenty one, but um, playing adults on the worst team. You know, it makes sense that they. So I, I, I'm sorry I won't be there to hold your hand, and and we could do some sort of live Zoom tomorrow. Um, how are you feeling about tomorrow? Is it is it a big day? I'm excited. You, you... No, no, I'm actually excited because I think it's between Chet and Jabari, and I would really want either of them. Um. Yeah, I think I think it's very. Is, I would be is, incredibly shocked if it's anyone other than those two. If it's is, if it is, is, is Paolo, is, is, is Chet not a horrible combination though with Jonathan Jonathan Isaac and yes, the other guy. Well, kind of, okay. but but like the thing is is usually I think the best way to do it is go best player available. So if they think he's the best player available, then just take him and figure that out later i think you know otherwise you get you know you pass up michael jordan you know who, who um, was the um who, who was the guy that orlando magic got who um uh last year in the pick like the sixth pick who was their pick last year uh, jalen suggs well he was the fourth yeah. pick and then we got just after him we got franz wagner so is, is franz wagner kind of the franchise cornerstone at this time is, is suggs coming on or not really uh, Suggs will be Suggs will be decent for sure. Yeah, I I, I have no worries with him, um, because yeah, he's handy even now, and his, his shooting's not great, but like it can only really get better, I think. And um, I think his floor is like a Marcus Smart style player, um, which is I think pretty decent floor. Um, wait, wait, wait! Like a defensive specialist, Jalen Suggs. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He's good at defense. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he he kind of his yeah. his issue was he couldn't shoot, but he was like, um, he was pretty good at he was good on defense. So okay, so I, I do question this, and maybe I've raised this point on the pod before. I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, but the reason we do this draft is because four years in the future, you hope that this player that you draft will become an all star, and then six years in the future you hope he's a player good enough that will lead your team to the playoffs and the Eastern Conference Finals and then one day the NBA Finals, and I hope you can win. And what's so weird, seeing the draft so soon after the NBA Finals, is just, I don't know, it just feels like how little excitement and hype there is for the NBA Finals, and the Warriors won, and I feel like just no one cares. Like, once your team gets eliminated, you just go, ah, who gives a shit? Oh, well... Um, they were lucky. Everyone starts making up this bullshit excuses and stuff like that. Do you feel like am I crazy, or did just no one give a shit that the NBA Finals happened well, and the Warriors I won, think, or did they not give a shit because it was the Warriors? I just couldn't yeah, figure I, I out. Yeah, I think um, I think it's just people. People, if people are unhappy with the result, they'll um, make they just bullshit. yeah, they, well, they just kind of like act like who cares kind of thing, you know. 
I th- yeah. I think that's my theory. So I think like with the Bucks winning last year, it seemed like a probably a bigger deal because well, also the Warriors have won three in recent years. Yeah. Um but I just think like because more people were not annoyed by it, yeah, that there's more people talking about it and being positive and being like, Wow, NBA title. But um I'd say like if the Warriors win or if the Lakers win, um, it's just people are like, okay, who cares? Move on. Um, yeah, I, I think there needs to be more hype because this is what happens. They win. They spray mm. some bottles in the in the changing rooms. It's mm. They wear sponsored ski goggles for some reason. Steph Curry even had Steph Curry brand ski goggles. Mm. And then they get on a plane. They get very drunk. And then two days later, after being very drunk, they do a parade of drunk people. And mm. I feel like the celebration around the NBA Finals, you know how last podcast we were talking about like the pomp and ceremony around it, but they should play on a gold court. And I feel like after the finals has been won... Wait, what? Needs- oh, well... <laughs> <laughs> what was that? You just chucked in that they should play on a golden court. Well, okay. We didn't actually talk about that, but you know how me and you talked about how it didn't really feel like the finals. Like they used to build a big yeah. plastic trophy that they'd run in on, or the oh, so they'd in the finals they should court. the court should be golden. The court should be golden. And yeah, here's my new idea. And I know I've got mainly gold based ideas. What if the Warriors next year wore golden uniforms? And I know, I know that normally they do wear golden uniforms, but I'm there saying, was a spell when they had that today. Silky gold. They had, oh no, that was just. That was bad. That year they had like a bit of gold on the back of their collar of their mm. jerseys if they'd won a title ever, I think. Yeah. So you know, it was like half the teams had it. But um yeah, what about all, this? These, all these weird teams all these weird teams had it cuz like the Toronto Raptors had it or something cuz the Toronto Huskies had won back in like 1932. What about this? You win the trophy, the Larry O'Brien trophy, and you win two golden hoops that wow. then for the next season your home court has solid gold hoops nice i guess any team that visits also gets to enjoy um those but that's fine but yeah they just need it's just weird how i feel like the nba finals ends and then a day later people are just kind of over it and we spend all year we spend in some cases it's like a 15 year journey but like by the time the magic get back to the finals It'll be like five, six years in the future, best case scenario, right? Like it's such a painful journey to get there. And then it just feels like just like there's no, I'm like, what is this all for? Yeah, I think it's what I said before. But the funny thing is years ago, the president of the Orlando Magic, he said um, the goal was to win a title by 2030. And he got mocked because everyone was like, that's 20 years from now. You know, it was like, yeah. that was like, I'm going to be dead by then. Um, But ultimately, hopefully we can get it done. We've only, you know, 2030 is fast approaching. Any, any, um, um any, 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 any final, I, I, I realize you've got to go. Well, and I was really happy well, to you a shot. Any final just thoughts? The, um, just back to the draft, I guess. It's hard because, so Jabari Smith to me, can't fail because he's so good at shooting that's why i'm like 
I mean, Chet Holmgren can shoot as well and block shots, which is my dream type of player, right? It's a Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, and Mo Bamba kind of is that as well. But Chet Holmgren is is it really good, um, which is my favorite type of player. But then Jabari Smith is so good at shooting that I'm like, he can't fail because he can also play D and he's 6'10". So he's like, to me, his like floor is like Brandon Ingram, which is like, you know, obviously that's like an all-star. Um, yeah. and maybe not his floor, but like that's almost as comparison as Brandon Ingram, but bigger. Um, and so basically, my some in summation, if it's either two of those guys, I'm gonna be over the moon. Um, Paulo Benchero, I'm less certain about, but um, we have to wait and see with him. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, best of luck luck to the boys. Best of, best of luck to the team. And we may try and... We'll try and catch up sometime soon after the draft to get your reaction or something like that because it's an yeah. exciting time for all those Magic fans out there who have worked so hard tanking all season for this wonderful opportunity. Yeah, and I wish I had done a deeper dive on the the thing because I like picking... I actually like picking the like lower-tier guys who are going to be good. Um, Holy shit. I see. Oh, well, do you have that for us? You've got a couple more minutes. Nah, nah I kind of haven't been organized enough, but tonight I'm going to do some um, deep diving. A guest has joined the chat. He's been absent for three podcasts. He has the sound of wires violently thrashing around in my ears. <laughs> what an entrance from a podcast legend. He goes Hi, by the name... What? Oh, it's just saying hello, but I don't know where the he microphone is. He says hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> he goes by the name of Jeremy Muirhead. Jeremy, all's just about to leave. You guys are like sliding doors. Do you have any um, words of wisdom for the Magic as they go into their big draft tomorrow? Um, who are we going for, Paul? Well, you have to listen back to this episode. He I've said already... Jabari Smith Jr. No, or Chet Holmgren. Either. I said I'm happy with either. Jabari is the safest name. Yeah. Like if you put that in the el- the name algorithm, Jabari is a good name. Well Guy Smith. was Guy was rubbish in it. He said Smith was too boring. No, JT. I, think, I think you find the best basketball players have one boring name, one cool name. Yeah, Michael Jordan. Jordan. Um Could you- Alan JT, JT, yeah. can I just throw some of these other names across you though? Paul Carlo Pierce, both Benchero, his names are good. Jaden Ivey, Dyson okay. Daniel, Benedict nah, Mathurin, Shane. Nah, I gotta Shah. go. People are trying too hard. I gotta go, but can you guys, um, JT, I'll leave you in charge of doing Magic Mayhem. Oh, okay, yes. see ya. JT, it's been too long. Welcome back to the podcast. It's a privilege to have you back. Um, did you know that Jabari Smith's middle name is Moncho? <laughs> um, that's that's, that's good information to, to, to learn. Yeah. Yeah, how have you found the basketball are you pro <laughs> i'll tell you what too, uh, the, the warriors winning is like this podcast for me yeah ruin basketball 
wait, wait, wait. wait. I, I, what, what are you saying? The, the Warriors winning is like the podcast. And what was the punchline yeah. to that? They both threw in basketball. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. Wait, so this podcast ruins basketball? No, nah, I'm only joking. This, past, no, this, this um, podcast saves basketball. This is the anti-Warriors. <laughs> this podcast right, is man. like the Cavs. No, but seriously, the Warriors have ruined basketball. I think they've honestly ruined the sport. I'm really glad to have you here because me and Paul were both like kind of fine with the Warriors and it, it was no resistance. Nah. There was no, this podcast really thrives on like passive aggressive tension and like slight, a slight hint of toxicity. So I'm glad you could bring that back to the pod. Um, Go off queen. Like tell us about the Warriors and why they suck. Yeah. So the Warriors to me are like, one, I just, uh, yeah, I think they genuinely have run basketball um, with the style of play, but two, they have the worst personalities, but are in the they have to be like stars. But they've got not a good combination of personalities to do it. Like for example, it, Steph doing the you know when Cal, uh, when the Raptors went and Leonard, Leonard did the laugh. You know he's like ha ha ha. Yeah, I've got one thing to say ha ha ha. That's amazing. Like someone at Nike or New Balance or whatever definitely cooked that up. But that's amazing, right? Great delivery. <laughs> Wait, Steph no being one, like, no one, no one cooked up the ha ha. Or you think they told him to say that at the, at the, um, at the finals? Or do you think they created that whole narrative? No, I think someone put it in his ear to say it. But I'm not saying it was like it, it could have been another player. They were like, hey, you know, it'd be funny. Yeah. But all I'm saying is, then Steph going night night. It's like no one's like, oh shit, he said it. Like I love this guy. Everyone's like, oh cool, 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 yeah. cool throwback from like two days ago. And I, and always. Going on about the Grizzlies, it's like, oh, stop trying to fake or like create a fake rivalry. No one's buying it. Okay. Well, there's no narrative. The only narrative is success breeds success. They live in, they're like the most uber rich club. Management's good. Steph is like, like amazing, but really annoying. That's the narrative. I, I, I enjoy cockiness. And so even though I kind of don't like Draymond and I don't love Steph's personality. I did like like third quarter of game six, Steph pointing to his ring finger, like that sort of arrogance. I do enjoy like the kind of the wrestling level of entertainment. And same with Draymond, even though he drives me up the wall, like you've got to respect a but guy do it in like quarter that one. being such a villain, you know? But do it in like, do it in quarter one or do it down two, like do it like Luca does. If you like pointing to your ring finger as you're about to win, it's like, yeah, okay, well, we all know you're going to win. Mate, you bringing up Luca is like Bill Simmons bringing up the '87 Celtics. Like, um, you can't fit Luke. You can't. You, it's like that guy who covers LeBron um, bringing up LeBron. Like, you know, like it's like you can't, you can't bring well, up Luca. Look, let's put it this way. Let's uh, if if I had to distribute attribute points to my, uh, across three point shooting, cool personality, um, and what are the other things you need to worry about in basketball? Yeah. Well, all I'm saying is they put a hundred points in three point shooting and zero points in personality, and I just don't want to see that. Yeah, yeah. Well, just to focus on the Celtics for a second, because Paul really talked about it as well. Oh, just the point I throw to Paul is that no one cares when you win the championship. Like teams spend twenty years building towards a championship. I've drafting. been saying this for. I've been saying yeah. this for years, haven't I? I reckon a lot of teams are faking want to win. What you want to do is routinely come fourth. You get all the yeah, media right. interest, all the money, and actually, like, as soon as you, the day after you win, it's like you sell a few more jerseys, cool, but you'd, you'd be better off coming fourth at 10 years than winning two years. 
Well, yeah. So basically what you're arguing is like, um, who are some other like very good teams? You'd rather be the Phoenix Toronto. Suns than, the, the, than Toronto. But Toronto did win. Um, like oh, no, Miami- I'm saying so. Toronto was my example of someone that always comes forth. And everyone's like, oh, man, they just can't win. But but why do you own a basketball team, right? You own a basketball team to make money. You make yeah. more money from coming forth all the time. No, but it's pretty amazing the way, like, the Golden State Warriors have gone from being, like, a nothing team. Like, honestly, 15 years ago, I knew a lot of NBA fans who supported every weird team from the Charlotte Hornets through to the Toronto Raptors to the Atlanta Magic. I've never... I only met in my life one Golden State Warriors fan, one, and 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 he and, and 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 so it's quite satisfying for him. But since then, thanks to these championships, the Warriors have blown up to be like like the second or third most popular team in the NBA, behind only the major, the Lakers, and maybe a few of the major market teams like the Bulls and the and the Knicks. And it's like pretty remarkable the way they've grown the value of that team. But I think you do have to win. You're right. Like teams like the Raptors, just constant excellence will will go a long way, and the Suns, uh, and the Nets. But like, I th- I feel like that championship is what makes you like a, a, a an immortal, a juggernaut team. Yeah, maybe. And I actually told a lie before. You don't own a basketball team to make money from. You just make money from property scams. <laughs> so- That's really the reason. So, 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 just to just to talk about the finals a little bit. Did you watch the games? Did you enjoy them? Mm, nah, I just mm, yes and no. I, I honestly, I didn't. I think this playoffs has been one of the worst disasters for the NBA. I, I, I think you're clouding Except your for the judgment. Finals. I, I think it was bad for you because Luca went out in a kind of terrible way to the, your biggest hated team. But I, I thought the playoffs were reasonably entertaining. They weren't as good as as they have been in, in in past years. But I also didn't think they were terrible. Like there was some good, there was some good series there. I felt I felt like first round was good, and then on paper a great finals matchup for the NBA. Like two historic, well, you know, the recent champ and the most historic franchise. Yeah. But I just felt like it's it's flat. The NBA needs to do something. I thought Warriors Grizzlies was almost amazing. Amazing until. Um, uh, Jar Morant got injured, and I thought um, I thought Celtics uh, versus Bucks was superb. Yeah, likewise. So was that first round or second? That was, that first was second round. round. Second, yeah. So maybe that was good. Maybe really what happened was it was just felt like a huge anticlimax from the second round. Also, I always hate on Jimmy Butler, but he he did. Even though I thought that he had no chance, he did he did put on a hell of a show and push the um, Celtics to seven, which was amazing. But can I briefly just be let down by the the, the um, the the Celtics because I was team JT and I was I, I was just sick of the Warriors and did not want to see them win and I also had picked against them I didn't want to see Paul um, my brother you know succeed in his pick so the toxic part of me was like stuff the Warriors so I was just I became by de facto a Celtics fan and I the, they won game one on the road and I was like the hype is real Jason Tatum is the man. And I watched Jason, T- and I mean, I guess it's 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 it's, it's actually like um, Chuck is know, Chuck, right? That's that's Jason Tatum's problem. His what? He's a chucker. Chuck is Chuck. Chuck is Chuck. Well, I, I well, I was going to be a bit more nuanced than that and say him and Jalen Green are great players, but they got defended by 
um, uh, Draymond Green, who switched on to Jalen Green and basically shut him down. But that's interesting, green on green violence. And then Andrew Wiggins, who like he got a lot of praise, but deserves a lot more. The way he defended Jason Tatum was like pretty exceptional. And like it, it just goes down to like defense wins championships. And and I mean the Warriors get all the shine for Steph Curry and the offense, but like it was the defense that won it. And and I do think that probably the Celtics could have beaten any team, but the Warriors' defense just was too good. I think you can't see. I th- I don't disagree, but I think you can't see the wood for the trees here. Okay. So here's my take. I thought Draymond the first two games got destroyed by Jalen Green. Couldn't couldn't stick with him on the perimeter. Oh well, he 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 wasn't really with him in game one, wasn't he? Didn't they switch the matchups? Yeah, I, I thought I just saw him got roasted a few times, but I'm quite biased to whatever the last highlight I saw. And Draymond was like such a meme and the chance and like he was so bad on offense, but like Jalen Green just couldn't dribble. Um, I mean, I know he couldn't dribble against the Heat either. But like I mean the the Heat are a great defense. The um, the Giannis team, the Bucks are an elite defense, and and these Celtics managed to get through those guys. And against the Warriors, they just couldn't dribble, couldn't pass, couldn't get into their offense. And I think I think I was watching, going fuck Jason and Jalen. But really, I should have been saying well done to the Warriors for making look making these elite athletes look this bad, you know? Because like. Jalen Green is normally good for like a couple of amazing driving to the hoop plays, but he just couldn't. He just couldn't do it against that defense. Yeah, um, I agree, but I think that the biggest thing was Clay Thompson coming back, and no one's talking about it and looking like a plus defender. Like he's not the best defender on. He's not doesn't look as sharp as he did, but he's. It's amazing to think, like yeah, one that they got Wiggins and that Wiggins turned or you know turned it around and full credit to him. But also they have like a near all-star level defender. Not saying that Clay's at that level, but he came back looking good. It's sort of remarkable. It is It is absolutely remarkable, the goodness of Clay. Um, but also shout out to Steph Curry as well. Like, you know, the mm. plan obviously on an elite defense like that is to target Steph Curry. And he's just, he is good. You know, like he he should be a huge net negative. And for him to be, you know, like not noticeably bad was like, you know, in an NBA where you've got James Harden's and Damian Lillard's and Luka Doncic's, he really, um, he really, you know, I, I did that imperfectly to stab into your heart. How did that feel? Did that hurt? Mm, I didn't mind it. Was it <laughs> Steph Curry? Steph Curry would have played about eight games by the time this time in Luka Doncic's career. <laughs> yeah, Wasn't he on his about four, his fourth cadaver's ligaments by now? Yeah, yeah, possibly. Possibly. Man, that's so crazy how if you're an athlete, you can just get cadaver ligaments. That wasn't I, I, an option I, I, for me. I haven't, I haven't heard this about this at all. Explain what this is. Uh, so Steph Curry in the end didn't get the cadavers, but in, so for most people that need like a ligament reconstruction or replacement, they usually take a graft from somewhere else in the body, except if you've got enough cash in which you can get like a donated uh, corpses, like someone that passes away, you get to just like, to take one of their ligaments. Wow. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, That's like an organ donation, but just muscle. But I think it's way less, obviously, less risky. And you want to know something else that's crazy? Um, yeah. All the stem cell research. A lot of people now are keeping this um, placenta of babies because because one day, like in say the end of our lifetimes, people will be able to regrow their own like cartilage 
from the stem cells of their placenta. Damn. So if you so here's one out to all you soccer dads and mums and dads or soccer people, doesn't you know whatever soccer you know soccer enthusiasts <laughs> and with with child or with children, store that placenta. Wait for them to hopefully be a professional athlete, then sell it back to them. Don't just give it. Imagine how much that's worth to an athlete. <laughs> JT, you are a psychopath, but um, I love that. Um, where do you store the placenta when you've uh, had the bird, the baby? Mm, good point. I mean, freezer. I would. You know, here's a business idea for us. We could do. We could do like a placenta storage place. Yeah, I love those guys. People keep on writing like articles. It's popular on Reddit about those guys who are doing cryogenics. And it's just a bunch of nerds. I, 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 nerds is not even the right word. Just a bunch of dicks who are claiming they're doing cryogenics. They're not even storing the bodies properly. They don't even have like a backup source of energy in case the power cuts off. And the bot, you know, like, but they're just like, and- fuck it. We can charge, you know, a million dollars for some idiot millionaires who want to pretend like they're going to live forever in a cryogenics facility, even though the technology isn't nearly there. And I, and everyone goes, Oh, look at these guys. They're obviously scam artists, but I'm like, in my mind, that's quite a lovable scam. Um, and what are you selling scam. people? The, the hope you're selling people, the hope that they might come back to life through cryogenics. Like it's not, but I don't want to yes. come back to life in a hundred years. I've got news for you. Things aren't looking good. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If anything, yeah. go back in time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they I mean, yeah, things went great for everyone. I mean, for us, probably. <laughs> Even just yeah. go back one year, that'd be sweet. No, get, let's just go back to 2015. Yeah, if you could pick a year to go back to, what year would you go back to? I mean, 2015, I felt pretty hopeful. Good good career, good stage in my life. Maybe just, or maybe hadn't got married. Maybe, but I was, you know, in a loving relationship. Good career. Then things didn't seem so desperate and like you know we knew climate change was happening but Greta Thunberg hadn't like you know she was still at school probably back then. Greta Thunberg hadn't invented um, climate change yet. I must say did you ever know about climate change before her? It does it's pretty strong link. (laughs) Um, I gotta I gotta you probably need to go but I needed to um, get like do you have any any final finals takes or anything like that? Yeah I w- yeah. How, how do we make it more valuable? Like, do you? Uh, my idea was gold court and silky gold uniforms that they get to wear, no. wear for all next year. Do you know? Do you know what the NBA is? Almost a perfect analogy for climate change and capitalism. That they okay. know they have to change and they have to change urgently, but they won't change because they don't want to give up a cent of revenue, right? So they will continue to have eighty-two games plus the t- the the play-in. The the NBA should just be either much shorter, like you'd play each team twice and then playoffs, or just go Premier League-style standings. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, teams just don't care, and then it's just, it's now just two different sports entirely. It's like not yeah. even the same sport from regular season. Yeah, it's especially, it's especially amazing where you see the way Boston did it this year, where they, in the first half of the year, didn't even seem like a good team, but they were just like kind of doing their training camp or... or um, figuring out their systems, and then when it came came on, and the Heat kind of do that every year as well. Like they sneak up on you. Like they, there's a lot of injury rests, there's a lot of um, breaks, and then they just slowly it, ease their way into the fourth or fifth seed, and just you know, just challenge for the for the for the Eastern Conference Final every year. And do you reckon I think they need to change the rules as well to make 
to lessen the advantage of the three. Not for just for the fact that every team now just yeah it just seems so um, uniform. Yeah, removing the corner three, I think, would be a nice. I like that um, idea. Like just just have the three point line continue its natural arc, so it just goes out of bounds. So there's literally no three point in the corner. That would be quite nice. You could maybe yeah push it back a little bit, and then just yeah make it more about driving, bring back the posts. Um, yep, there's potential there. Um, would you, okay. where do you, where do you, where does this rank in your all time best NBA seasons? I was, I actually really enjoyed the season more than previous seasons because it was so unpredictable. Like at the start of the season, I embarrassingly picked, uh, the Lakers, which was just like that. I'm the stupidest person in the world. But then I also picked the, um, the Nets who self-destructed and all of a sudden, you had this wide open field where anything was possible. And um, it was quite exciting to be like, holy shit, the Memphis Grizzlies are, are challenging. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, the favorite, like it was outrageous. Turns out they weren't. And um, and Chris Paul's back to being a piece. It's amazing the Chris Paul roller coaster. Eh? Like he's the best player in the world. He's a piece of shit. He, um, he's unstoppable. He's the best veteran ever. Um, he should kill himself. Like the variety of of takes on Chris Paul and the roller coaster his career's been on is outrageous. It's it's like um Amelia Earhart or whatever. She's the one that went missing. <laughs> yeah. There's certain mysteries I'd just love to know, and one of them is Chris Paul really good, or does he just look good in the right circumstances? To me, yeah. he's amazing, but then it is hard to refute the people that say he's too short to be good in the playoffs. Yeah. I here's here's my take. And it is that it was really interesting to see how desperate commentators and people were and Bill Simmons and, and, and analysts were to figure out what was wrong with him because he just he just disappeared over the, you know, the, the Warriors series. And he was, you know, so highly touted and it looked so good. Just the series before he closed out. Oh, no, no, sorry, against Dallas. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That was where he disappeared. Um, he looked so good the season before against New Orleans where he even had a game where he didn't miss a shot. And people are calling the point god. My my take is that elite basketball at this level, it's so high, it's so hard. And players like LeBron James have spoiled us. And it was like even Steph Curry going through a shooting slump this year, he's the greatest shooter of all time. And there was a time where he could barely shoot above 30%. And you're like, it's pretty it's pretty indicative of just how hard it is at this level. And you know, I just think of the days I go to work and I just feel tired and don't want to be there. It's just you have a bad week health-wise and your team's eliminated and everyone hates you. Yeah. No, I I, I get you. I think that's why we have been spoiled by LeBron. Wish Paul was here to hear that. It's just amazing, like, these players that manage to just achieve at a high level. Even Jimmy Butler coming back. Like, every year I go, well, that's the end of Jimmy Butler. And every year, like, a, a, a bloody Frankenstein's monster he just somehow just comes back from the dead and just turns it on in the playoffs. And yeah, he just goes from just looking like a, a dead man walking, uh, you know, cause every year people talk about how he's got the worst, he's going to have the worst contract in the year. And then, and then he, this year he, he played up to it again. It's just like, it's kind of exceptional. Speaking of good contracts, congrats to John Wall. Another nice bit of a business for Johnny. <laughs> like Another a $50 million, million dollars, right? Fuck. I love it. I absolutely love it. And Russell, Russ must be re-signing about now. Yeah, no, no. Russell's got one year left on his deal, uh, unfortunately. Perfect. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, but um, let me ask you. Yeah. Let me ask you one question about the finals. Honestly, do you think that there's people out there that are like new Steph Curry fans that are just I love this guy. Can I get enough of his his antics? Um, surely they're already in that. Like you can't. You're not jumping on the Steph bandwagon now. I I'm always shocked at whom people like and what. I'm just whenever someone tells me they're a Manchester United fan, I'm like, it just it just is remarkable. But like kids. Kids just follow winners, you know, and if you're winning and he did have some pretty remarkable performances, like it is hard because like with Steph Curry, like people have to talk about his gravity a lot and how many players he's drawing to him. And, but like he did have some pretty amazing games there where he just, yeah, yeah. I didn't enjoy the go to sleep, um, the go to sleep oh, cockiness. I enjoyed cockiness, but I thought that was a bit embarrassing. Yeah. And, and the, the worst photo um, was the photo of him in the changing room with his two trophies doing the go to sleep as well. The go to sleep just, yeah, a Don't little bit stop. embarrassing. That's right. He's just really trying to push it. No one's buying the go to sleep tea, Under Armour t-shirts. Yeah. Put yeah, yeah, them yeah. straight to the bargain bin. Go send them straight to any hanger right now because no one's buying full price. <laughs> Who's buying the Steph Curry championship ski goggles? That's what I want to know. I was quite impressed that product exists. Well, can you buy them to recreate like the championship moment at home. I I have no idea. I just couldn't I just couldn't believe like capitalism is the craziest thing where they're like okay, the champagne is ruining clothes, expensive clothes in the changing room. So we'll plastic all the walls. Okay, fine, that makes sense. And then you're like, "Oh, the champagne hurts our eyes." It's it's like what just okay, just spray a different alcohol or something that doesn't burn your eyes. Also just enjoy the burning of winning, whatever it is. So anyway, these guys they put on ski goals. That's ridiculous. And then the next year, the ski goals are sponsored. And you're like, that's ludicrous. And then the year after that, every player has their own logo on the ski goggles. And I guess it's working because I noticed it. But I was just like, that is, it's really kind of bleak, you know? Like, Oh, this is bleak. Yeah. Listen to this. This year, the NBA stuck a deal with iMatter. Oh, my God. I just read that aloud. iMatter. <laughs> An Australian maker of private label and licensed eyewear. Under their retail brand Matador Project, iMatter created Victory Goggles. Those are capitalized pronouns. Victory Goggles for the post-game festivities. Who on earth is like, man? I got to look. Google iMatter right now, Siri. I got some. I got some bespoke eyewear to buy. Yeah, and it's such a because I understand ski goggles exist because people go skiing occasionally. But um, yeah, to buy Victory Goggles that aren't even probably not even like tinted properly for skiing just seems absolutely ludicrous oh it, yeah it, it makes me shudder um but anyway there's there's bigger issues than that do you have any um do you have any draft um thoughts no nah, i don't know anything about the draft um that's the first time i've ever heard the name monchato whatever that guy's name was jabari, <laughs> Paolo jabari. no J- uh, jabari moonshot um geez what's his name the guy just rang out monchato jabari monchato what what posi- I've never even heard it. When were you talking about this guy? Oh, it's the guy that Paul was talking about. Okay, w- welcome everyone to what's it called? Uh, Magic Corner. Um, Jabari <laughs> Jabari Moncho Smith Junior. That's the guy Paul Jabari was talking Smith about. Jabari Smith Junior. Oh, I get it. His yeah. middle name is yeah, Jabari Smith Junior. He, he's probably the the safest first first pick for the Magic because he's he looked too not clean a, cut. A Don't like him. Too clean cut. Yeah. You, I, uh, he's a big he's a six foot ten 
I guess Tweener Ford. Damn, yeah. Isaac's gonna. <laughs> What's gonna happen to Isaac? I saw a great <laughs> interview with him where he was like, you know, it took a lot of guts to not to to, to um stand during the Black Lives Matter thing, and he's like, yeah, I really had to talk it through with my pastor. So like, what sort of what that pastor being like? Hey, maybe you should just kneel. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I I'm really annoyed how nutters now have um, appropriated the word um, courage and guts, because courage now is people who stand up against um, like trans athletes playing sport. It's like, how is that courageous? That's just old fashioned, generally homophobia. Like, I don't think that's courage, and I understand it's not the politically correct thing to say. But like, if in certain bubbles, it's absolutely. If you're on Reddit then every um, 14-year-old boy believes that trans uh, women shouldn't be in women's sports. That's not a hot take. That's not courageous. And also saying it from your anonymous Twitter account, uh, you can say anything from an anonymous Twitter account. That's the problem with society these days. Ah, totally. I'm all in on um, Jabari, by the way. Wait, wait, you said you didn't even know who he was about three minutes ago. Yeah, but then I found out he was named Georgia Mr. Basketball in 2021. For all these guys that name this state, what about? Can I just give you a few names just to get you okay. excited for the draft? Okay, I'm okay. excited already. Um, Jalen Duran. Oh, I do not like this name already. How do I spell it? D U R E. Okay, here we go. Okay, Kegi Murray. Hang on, I'm going through Jalen Duran. Okay, v- name bad. Visuals quite like him. <laughs> He's got quite nice. Um, for a potential NBA prospect, actually quite seemingly quite decent tattoos. Yeah. He's got a little shoulder roses. Handsomeness, I would say he's probably a solid eight or nine. He looks pretty jacked. He's gorgeous. Okay. Yeah, I think. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm pretty high on pretty high on on Jalen Duran. Okay, who's my next guy? Um Keegy Murray. Keegan Murray. Okay. Keegan Murray. Not not like convinced on the name yet, but let me have a little visual. I just like what a, it's a, I'd say. Keegan is an incredibly ugly name, and I, my name's Guy, so I can't talk shit. Um, but I will. Yeah. No, very, I'm, I'm, cut, very. He looks like a. Um, he's got such nice skin, like he almost needs some pimples because he looks. He almost looks like a computer generated player. Yeah, looks like a real baby face. My only issue is looking through his photos. He looked. He seems to have slimmed down in the senior year. Which makes yeah. me worried. Okay, Shaden Sharp. It's I think S-H- just I, I think Keegan's a potential um chunkster. Uh, who's this next guy? Shaylen. Shaden Sharp. Shaden Sharp. And let me just give you a bit of background on why he's exciting. because um, he was one of the highest upside players out of high school. Um, you know, he was supposed to be a top prospect. But he ended up I don't know where he went, but he somehow left high school, didn't go to a university then joined Kentucky, was eligible, but just never played the whole year. And I don't know what that is, but that's one of the most bizarre pre-draft strategies I've ever heard of. Yeah, I'm quite into this guy on a looks basis. Mm. But that's, you know, uh, he doesn't, that does, so I've got a lot of t-shirts of him in Kentucky shirts, but he never actually played is what you're saying. He never played a game for them, no. that's Is that not unbelievable? Yeah, it's quite strange because there's a lot of t-shirts. Was he injured straight away? I don't know. No one knows. He just like he he didn't enter the team. Originally. Someone must know. Yeah. Is it some? Do you think it's money issue? 
I yeah, I, it could be injuries. It could. I, I honestly, sorry, man. I I, I don't know shit. Paul Paul would know oh, more than me. He's the he's the expert in the family. Any more? Any more rookies for me to potential rookies for me to? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. These top ten prospects are all like got great names. Dyson Daniels. Oh yeah, Dyson Daniels sounds to me without visualing like he. This is like a character in a teen movie. Yeah, he oh, looks wow. like a villain. He he has he has a, a crazy. Nah, I'm off on um, Dyson. I'm out on Dyson. I'm out. You like this no, about no. him? Sorry, you're breaking up a little bit. That's sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. What were you saying? No, no, you go, you go. I was saying you'd like that he um he skips um college to play for the G League Ignite team, which was like quite a brave move for a for a top ten prospect. I'm quite fascinated by his hair, his hairstyle. Hideous. He's very, um, quite like a, quite a, a big forehead. I wonder if he's got quite a, that hair's quite centered just on the top of the dome. Yeah, it's 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 a very unflattering haircut for how he looks. He's got a huge kind of undercut. And I mean, I know it's problematic. That's, a, that's what I'm looking for. The brown man's hair, but it's, 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 it's a pretty nasty undercut. And I was like, to pull that haircut off, you've got to be incredibly um, handsome, and I unfortunately he's better looking than me, but I wouldn't say he's a, I wouldn't call him a, a standard hottie. He's not hot, sadly. Um, but there are some. There's a lot of hot guys in this draft, based on what you've told Jayden, me. Jaden Ivy is Jaden Ivy. I think is quite good looking. Um, and he I think Jaden like, Ivy is a cool name as well. Yeah, what I'm saying is all these guys have amazing names. Yeah, but what what I'm saying is, I feel like someone like Dyson Daniels or whatever, I, f- I feel like his parents were trying too hard. Whereas yeah. Jaden Ivy is just a classic, cool name, cool surname. Yeah, but that's quite a classic name. Yeah, I'm quite high on. Where is Jaden Ivy looking for? Because I'm I'm quite he's, high on him. He's projected top five. Yep, I'm t- I'm taking my number. I think I'd go Jaden Ivy one. That um, that first guy Jabari Smith too. Yeah. That I think my I think my outrage I think I'd take a flyer on that real ripped big guy with the rose tattoos. We haven't we haven't talked with you about um uh Chet Holmgreen now, and I've got to bring him up because he he actually when I look at photos of him now he makes me laugh. Like no, he's I'm very funny now. looking, and Paolo Banchero is not a looker either. But together, there's a photo of both of them side by side, and um, oh, I'm looking yeah, at it now. Wow, holy heck! <laughs> yeah, I mean, at? but I'm looking at that picture, the Paolo Banchero and Chet picture. Yeah, what an iconic image. Now, Paolo, again, like these guys. Who is that guy? Who's slow mo? Like who? Cole Anderson. Cole Anderson, yeah. He has the worst haircut like I've ever seen. Oh no 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 no! Actually, Trey Young, Trey Young. And yeah, but just, Kyle just... Anderson has the look that I was trying to. That's who I was thinking of with the guy before. It's not necessarily that they're losing their hair. It just ha- yeah. has a real high hairline. Yeah, and they've and they've just and they've but also the haircut, um, cutting off your sideburns is a brave move for any man out there. And I'm saying that um, Chet Holmgreen is not the man to do it. Chet Holmgreen is comedy to watch, and I just think. From our perspective, and for a podcast that talks about the Orlando Magic, assuming this podcast continues um, next year, which I would say it's probably on thin ice at the rate it's going, but 
Um, I've actually had some lovely compliments. I've been traveling around New Zealand doing some gigs, and people. Oh, I think the podcast. I think this pod. I think the year for the podcast. It was a strong year, despite the actual um, problems in the season itself. Yeah, like we we are performing at a higher level than the NBA itself, and um, um, easily some, lo- some lovely fans in Tauranga as well. I'm always impressed when people go, "Oh, I like the podcast." I always assume they mean podcast someone else's on for podcast. Radio New Zealand. And, yeah. um, and then I assume they're on my New Zealand Today podcast. And when they say the basketball podcast, it really, it warms my heart. Um, That's it great is, to, it hear. Lovely to hear. Um, but um, Chet Holmgreen, from our perspective, if the Orlando Magic have uh, a seven foot tall... Um, Funniest outcome by far. White guy whose name is Chet. This is on the team that's already run by the DeVos family, sponsored by Avon. Um, they have Jonathan Isaac... <laughs> The first African American white supremacist on a team of whiteies with um hands and twans from Germany. Man. <laughs> like oh. that is a meme team if ever of that they're like challenging the um the Sacramento Kings for being the funniest team in the NBA. And I mean I think that would be a real dream outcome for everyone involved and all the advanced analytics fans out there. Totally agree. But hey, hey just before I go, there's one guy I'm surprised you haven't brought up Kai Soto. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know this guy, Kai Soto? Nah, man, I don't very know. Very cool, Soto's. very cool looking guy. I think he might have played. He's from the NBL. No way. I I, yeah. I haven't heard the name at all. Have you heard of um? Have you heard of Ty Ty Washington Jr.? Nah, but I'm in. I'm all in on Ty Ty. <laughs> there's a lot of great. There's a lot of great players out there. A lot of great names. It's going to be a hell of a draft. Good luck to the Orlando Magic. Um, JT, any final thoughts on the finals of the draft before we say nah, goodnight? Let's just hope for something, a, a, yeah, funnier outcome. The, it was a, the least funny outcome for what for Golden State to play Boston and Golden State win. Yeah, there's nothing comical about that to me or interesting. Yeah. So let's just hope for let's hope you know the funniest, the best outcome would be the Magic get Chet Holgreen, and then they like they look like they're gonna they're they're going really good. And they're on the verge of playoffs, and then, Chet, and then like Jonathan Isaac trips over while doing some sort of protest, takes out Chet Holgram. <laughs> Jonathan Isaac um, pulls out due to religious reasons because they won't let him bring a, um, or, a gun into or, the locker room. Or he baptizes Markel Fultz live during a game, and then they both caught out of protest. <laughs> and he do, and and, and um, he doesn't mean baptize as in like um, dunk on his head. He means. Literally bring a tub of water and try and dunk his head in it. Um, yeah, that's a that's a beautiful thought to finish the podcast on. Um, thank you so much for listening. Paul is gone, but I'll say it. Um, I'll say thanks. Um, I've been Paul Williams. I've been Guy Williams. I've been I've been JT. Hey, thanks, thanks, Guy. Another good season hey, was, under the belt. It was great to have you back on the podcast, JT. You really just um, you're a spark of charisma. It was lovely to have you. Oh, thanks. I thought my negativity about the Warriors might have brought things down. No, that no. Are you kidding? This if this podcast is built on nothing, it's uh, it's other than wild the irrational hatred. hatred. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Um, all, right. all right. Farewell, everybody, uh, and thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you.